a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, episode 24. I'm grateful to you. I'm especially grateful to my friend joining us in that last segment, Natalie Andrews, calling us from Washington, D.C. She's a reporter with the Wall Street Journal. Her assignment uh, over the next coming weeks is to cover the impeachment trial in the Senate against the sitting president of the United States. I, I repeat these words so often here on this program, it, uh, it almost gets a little stale in my ears. But if I'm honest, uh, I think about it for a moment and it is still immense. And I get chills thinking about uh, how significant these events uh, truly are. There's certainly a lot of spectacle and a lot of reason to roll your eyes and uh, just kind of moan and, and wish uh, for better times. And I do that. I think that it's unfortunate we're facing this right now. But to see our Constitution tried in the way it is uh, and uh, and tested, and uh, I believe thus far uh, coming out unscathed, I think it's okay. Uh, and I think it's certainly educational. Uh, I want to talk to you right now about a very, very specific moment in time. It has to do with these impeachment proceedings. It took place yesterday, and it was when Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, a Democrat, was signing the articles of impeachment. That signature was required for them to be uh, transmitted along with the managers over to the Senate for the trial to commence. Uh, And let me talk to you for a second about signing ceremonies. I worked out in D.C. for a while, and I witnessed a few of these signing ceremonies. And when it was uh, President Obama, uh, he would. It was customary to see a number of pens uh, lined up to to sign a certain bill. So you know how things go. Uh, a piece of legislation is introduced by the House or the Senate. The other body uh, votes on it. Once it passes both bodies, the president has the, the opportunity and the responsibility and duty to, to sign it or veto it or leave it alone. But if he signs it, if he decides, yes, this is something with which I agree uh, and I am going to sign my name to it uh, for it to become law, it used to be uh, fairly often uh, President Obama would sign his name uh, in in segments. Uh, so you know how you do at the bank or wherever you sign your name. It's a, a single pen. You write out your name. That's it. Well, uh, the pens are important and the, pen, the pens uh, end up being keepsakes. And so uh, the way to get more keepsakes is to divide up the duty. So President Obama, this has happened in the past, certainly. Uh, the reason I'm singling him out is because in a moment I'm going to tell you about uh, what Trump does. Uh, but President Obama uh, he would just sign portions of his name, pause, uh, set the pen down, pick up a, another pen, uh, do another portion of his name, uh, set it aside. And so at the end of his signing, you end up with a number of keepsakes that he was able to then uh, gift 
to maybe the House sponsor uh, or the Senate sponsor, or maybe if you're lucky enough, you were a staffer who worked uh, uh, on this legislation and you could then uh, end up with uh, this keepsake, which you could forever then say this is the pen used by the President of the United States to sign the bill on which I worked into law. It's a very special thing. Um, Trump does it a little bit differently. If you think back to all of these uh, photo op type moments you've seen of him in the Oval Office or elsewhere where he's holding up uh, bill text, you'll see up on the top, it'll say uh, whatever number, and you'll see his big, big, exaggerated, thick signature there on the bottom. He uses one pen. It's uh, it's, uh, (laughs) It's a custom Sharpie. It's a Sharpie marker. It has his name on the side in gold. I've handled a few of these in the past. Uh, he signs it big, 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 and uh, and he's usually just one of them. Uh, he, uh, he, he may sign uh, multiple copies, but uh, but he's not uh, going there letter by letter to uh, end up with a stack of souvenirs able to hand out. Anyway, everything I've just now told you is all backstory uh, leading us to what happened yesterday. Uh, Speaker Pelosi. Again, needed to sign the articles of impeachment before transmitting them over to the Senate along with the managers to commence these proceedings in the Senate. That all kicks off uh, in earnest next week, uh, formally yesterday. Well, she treated the solemn moment of yesterday as one of these giddy uh, souvenir collecting situations. She had a big stack of very ornate, likely expensive pens, uh, blue Uh, with a little adornment on the end. Uh, And she did, uh, as she signed her name, just a little bit of the N and picked up a new pen and finished the N and got the A done and another pen for the N and the C and Y, another pen for the the long skinny part of the P and another pen for the the kind of bulbous portion of the P, uh, E, L, OSI, and she ends up with a big giant stack of souvenirs. And she stood up, and as she was signing it, the folks standing around her were the uh, various managers who would head over to the Senate to uh, try this case, as well as some of the committee chairmen of jurisdiction who investigated this uh, program. And there was one uh, representative over her shoulder. Her name is uh, Maxine Waters. She got her hands on the pen, and it was as if she had been handed a candy cane at Christmas time when she was five years old. The glee on her face as she uh, held that pen up in the air and shook it back and forth, all happy and excited that we were engaged in a process of government that only comes about when the nearly most dire uh, uh, action has been taken. Yesterday was no reason to celebrate. It was no reason uh, to be giddy and to be waving a pen around like some uh, souvenir, like you'd caught the bouquet at a wedding. Uh, it was absolutely wrong. Congressman Chris Stewart uh, was asked on Fox Business Channel just about this very thing yesterday. Let me share with you some of the thoughts he had. Well, it is a bit of a spectacle. You know, I really thought there was a contrast. I happened to be walking by television as I saw the Chief Justice swear in the Senate. And I compare that with the example you gave of Nancy Pelosi handing out these celebratory pins. And remember, she's the one who said that she takes no joy in this, that she's prayerful and somber about it. And, and I'm, oh my gosh, is there anyone in America who doesn't believe that she and the other, other Democrats are giddy over this? They've been trying to impeach this president for three years, and they finally were able to do it. And they're hardly prayerful and somber. They're clearly celebrating. 
There's a fascinating uh, comparison that uh, he alluded to there. Think back to the day when the House passed the articles of impeachment. Uh, the vote was sufficient to uh, to send them over to the Senate, uh, you know, pending uh, Speaker Pelosi's approval. Uh, but think about that moment. Do you remember? You, know, you may have caught this uh, on YouTube or on TV. I know on KSL television we played it a number of times and on our website. Uh, there was a moment where when the final vote tally was read and the impeachment articles were passed and it was then and forever the case that the president of the United States had been impeached. There was, as the camera was trained on Speaker Pelosi, you could hear, maybe in your left speaker, over your left shoulder, you could hear that there was, uh, for a very brief moment of time, there was a, a bit of an eruption and uh, there was some applause and cheers. The camera remaining trained on Speaker Pelosi, she, as soon as that noise came up, uh, she put her hand up, she put her finger, she made a scowl and the noise immediately died down. Uh, she uh, talked long about how uh, solemn this moment is, and it was uh, interesting to see that compared with the signing of uh, the articles yesterday and the uh, distribution of those uh, pens as souvenirs and the, the smiles and the giddiness. Uh, it was disconcerting, if I'm honest. Uh, Congressman Stewart had a few more things uh, to say, talking uh, about the speaker and uh, comparing uh, her attitude uh, to that of a political victory. So let me play for you some more of Congressman Stewart's comments uh, yesterday evening on Fox Business Channel. That's exactly true. And you know, I said something in the very first open hearing that we held on the Intelligence Committee as we began our impeachment proceedings. And, and I said, I, I predict that when these few weeks are over, support for impeachment is actually less than it is now. And it turned out that that was true. And the reason being is the American people expect something. They don't think you can remove the president of the United States. He's such a clear and present danger without actually accusations of a crime or meaningful wrongdoing. And I think the same thing is going to happen in the Senate. I think the American people are going to tune in, those who are still interested, which isn't everyone, but they're going to tune in and once again they're going to walk away with that same idea reinforced. There just isn't anything there. So that's what uh, Congressman Stewart had to say. Listen, this past segment, I've been coming down pretty hard on the speaker. You may have the absolute opposite view uh, that I have on this. For you, this may be a very celebratory thing and, uh, you know, have your moment. Uh, that, that's just fine. But I, as uh, I am looking at this as a real test of the Constitution, a test of the extreme. There really, really isn't that much further you could push the Constitution of the United States uh, before it were it would be uh, broken. This is pretty much it. So I take a pretty somber tone, and that's regardless of politics, because you know I'm anxious to see what uh, what carries out or what plays out rather in this trial. Who knows? Uh, my mind uh, may be made up uh, only then. Anyway, that's what's going on. That was my take on what happened yesterday. In the next segment, I'm looking forward to the following conversation. Jeff Merchant, chair of the Utah Democratic Party, uh, kindly has braved uh, the snow outside and will join me in studio. Looking forward to a conversation. Invited him in because, uh, first, Michael Bloomberg is coming to Utah tomorrow. And uh, I, I wonder why. Uh, what is he up to and what are the other candidates for president doing here in the state of Utah on the Democrat side? That's all next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, 
We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.